How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Okay, hour number two of the show coming up. We are going to talk University of Miami football in one moment with Corey Flagg Jr. A couple of Hurricane Hotline headlines for you. The Canes basketball team announced today that Sam Wardenberg will return to school next season. Three Miami track and field student-athletes earned Performer of the Week honors. That was announced by the ACC. Hurricanes baseball team defeated FAU last night 14-9. We'll talk with uh, Lala and Gino Damari coming up in just a little bit. Kings will open up a three-game uh, road trip or open up a three-game series against Virginia on uh, Friday at 4 o'clock Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, first pitch at 1 o'clock. And the Hurricanes Athletic Department announced today that it will host the 7th Annual Celebration of Women's Athletics presented by Adidas the week of June the 7th. And that will culminate with a live online ceremony on June the 12th. It is week two of spring football, and one of the areas where there's a lot of competition, coaches are digging for answers, is that linebacker, and one of those linebackers is joining us for the first time on the Hurricane Hotline from Houston, Texas, Corey Flagg Jr. Corey, welcome to the show. How are you? How are you, man? Um, I'm doing really good. I'm doing great. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Spring football, uh, your first spring with the University of Miami. How's it going so far? What's been the uh, best part for you? Um, it's actually uh, my second spring. Uh, the first, uh, I came in early. Uh, so um, I, haven't, um, I didn't participate in spring the last spring, but uh, I was around, well, you know, being right. coached. Got derailed, by, got, got derailed by COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, man, uh the biggest thing for me, uh, you know, this spring has just been been uh, been able just 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 to get faster and uh, you know uh, play the defense that Coach Diaz wants um, and um, just being fast and physical and uh, you know Coach Packy man he's he's a great coach you know uh, getting me to uh, where I need to be and um, yeah. You got involved a lot last year, played in uh, eight games, saw a lot of action. What was that experience yes, like sir. for you? Um, it was a really good experience. Uh, I mean, I was I was blessed to uh, be able to play, you know, as a true freshman. Uh, I give all glory uh, to God. Um, 
definitely um, a great experience, you know, just to be out there with the guys, uh, with Nestor and Jalen Phillips and, you know, Quincy and Boa, you know, uh, you know, Coach Baker would give me the play, you know, to give those guys a play, you know, and it, it was a great feeling, you know. I, I was definitely glad that Coach Diaz was, uh, he trusted me enough uh, to go out there, you know, and ball and play. You know, when players come in, one of the things I like to do is take a look at their bio. Where are they from? How are they doing? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, what's their background? And I noticed on yours at the beginning of last year that your high school team won the state championship. But I also noticed that you were the defensive MVP of the state championship game. So kind of a two-part yes, question. One, what, what was that like for you? And two... Uh, I guess to me that just kind of signals, oh, there's a guy that finds a way to make plays and finds a way to make big plays in big games. Has that always been a part of your makeup? Uh, to answer your first question, um, yes, sir, uh, it means a lot to me, um, you know, to um, bring that defense MVP, uh, not only that, but the state championship back to the uh, east side of Houston, Texas. Uh, uh, yes, sir, like you said, I, I attended um, – uh, North Shore uh, High School, Houston, Texas, man, and uh, we were blessed enough to be able to be a two-time state champions um, in 2018, 2019, and um, I think that's why uh, Coach Diaz um, was one of the big reasons Coach Diaz and the staff recruited me because um, they see I can fly around and go sideline to sideline, and um, like you said, uh, you know, I won the defense MVP, and um, I think that uh, I bring a lot to the table as far as Coach Diaz wants, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, man. Along those lines, your state champion, as you mentioned, uh, how do you think? How do you think that helps you with your teammates? How does how does it help the program? Does it bring a certain amount of credibility because you've been in those type of games? Well, uh, well, I think Texas is the one where the best football is played, and uh, best high school football is played. And uh, you know, um, I definitely think that uh, it brings uh, credibility with it. But you know, that's high school football. You know. And everybody was good, you know, high school. So you got to come in with a first new mindset, you know, and come in ready to work. And, of course, everybody wants to see what you got, you know, coming from a two-time state championship uh, team. But, I mean, to be honest with you, none of that matters, you know, once you come into college football, you know, first and start. So, yeah, I mean, well, you found yourself thrust right into the into the action early on. Uh, Clemson, yes, team loaded with great players. What what was that like, yeah. and uh, uh, what what did you take out of that that will that will benefit you going into this year? Uh, well, honestly, uh, like I, um, like I said, um, I mean, you know, coming from um, a team in uh, Texas, you know, high school football, six uh, A division. I mean, we played uh, well around the talent, you know. Uh, every week, week by week, and then coming here to University of Miami and playing guys like De'Ari Keene, uh, uh, tackling Don Chaney, uh, Cam Harris, uh, you know, Jalen Knight, you know what I'm saying, and uh, going against those guys every day in practice. And, you know, it's, it's nothing to me, you know, when I when I play big games like Clemson or, you know, uh, Virginia, any, any, any team that we play, you know, it's nothing because my teammates, you know, just getting me so much better and getting, keeping me one step ahead, you know, and I feel Where like, did, I feel like that's, it's going to definitely better my game. Uh, to answer your second question, better my game because uh, I, I was able to get that experience my mm-hmm. first year. 
Corey Flagg Jr. is our guest Hurricanes linebacker. Uh, did a great job for Miami last year. Uh, an opportunity, big opportunity this year. There are uh, open spots at linebacker. Corey Spring is Spring is a chance to win a job. It's also a chance uh, to experiment a little bit. Where, where do they have you working primarily this spring? Are you working at both spots um, or primarily just one spot? Um, I'm primarily just working at uh, the middle linebacker position. Uh, I think, yeah, that uh, spring is pretty good to see, you know, uh, what do we got, you know, what, what are we looking like. And um, I definitely feel like we, we look really good um, on both sides of the ball, you know. And, uh, yeah, man, I think the spring is looking really, really good for the Miami Hurricanes. You've got a couple of veterans around you. You have uh, uh, Sam Brooks is there and uh, uh, Jennings is there. Uh, so you get some other guys that can fly around a little bit. How is the competition going? Oh man, it's, it's a very competitive room on um, competitive room on the field and also in the film room, man. Uh, but those guys are great, man. Um, always give me tips and reminders on you know how can I better my game. Uh, Bradley Jennings, um, great guy, great leader. Uh, Sam Brooks, you know, great guy, great leader. Wayne Steed, you know, all these all, all these guys that's you know in that room. Uh, just give me knowledge, give her fires and all these older guys, you know, and it's, 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 it's just such a plus, man, you know, and I really appreciate it. You know, just great teammates. Yeah, I didn't want to leave out uh, Austin Cave or Avery Huff, Steed, uh, all those guys. You mentioned Frierson and Contre Smith drops down as a striker. Um, what What is it going to be like, or what's it been like uh, for you so far, two weeks of, of, of uh, spring football? Coach Diaz, kind of a different role for him this year. He's going to call the plays. I don't know if that shows up much in spring ball, but uh, what do you think about that adjustment? Man, um, I personally, man, I've loved Coach Diaz uh, as a defense coordinator. Man, it's been fun. Uh, I've learned a lot. Um, he's 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 very energetic. Uh, he has a lot of um, a lot of energy. Uh, he brings a lot to the table, man. Um, he fires himself. He's just a great coach, man. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty simple. His scheme, it's black and white. It's so simple for us. It allows us to play fast. And um, I, I'm just you know grateful and uh, grateful for him. And I'm glad I made the decision to come to Miami. What would you say would be the identity that he wants to get get to on defense? Is it uh, an identity of a of a defense that creates a lot of negative plays? I mean, that's been kind of the bread and butter, right? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I think the identity that well, I know the identity that we want uh, the world to see us as is toughness, uh, trust, uh, integrity, and just unity. Just being together, uh, playing fast, uh, flying around, and we ultimately we want to be the best defense. Um, in a nation, in the country, uh, you know we want we want people to fear us, uh, and um, we will be the best defense in the nation. You know, you mentioned the word unity, and I think that goes. I think that's been a little underestimated uh, with Coach Diaz. I think it's one of the great things that he's done with this program is to find a way to unite. Uh, 85 guys or whatever you have in that roster now, 85, 120 guys. I don't want to discount the walk-ons, but to be able to unify this roster. Yes, uh, I think um, unity is, is a huge, is a huge deal, and uh, it's something that Coach Diaz has installed in us, and um, the entire coaching staff. It's something that's just, just preached to us, you know, throughout the day. We just have to be together. Uh, we have to be together to do anything, you know. It's something that Coach Feely installs in us, uh, as a coach, and um, you know, because that's we spend most of our time at in the weight room. So um, anything we do, we know we have to be together, and. Uh, uh, 
uh, that's that's the biggest thing, you know, just staying together. What do you want to accomplish for the next couple of weeks in spring football? you got a scrimmage coming up on Saturday, and then going forward, uh, what are some of the things that you want to accomplish? Uh, the things that I want to accomplish, man, is just, just being the best that Corey can be for the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, and whatever that is, whatever comes with that, uh, I'm just going to crush it, you know, and uh, apply the the, the, the the traits that Coach Packie, Coach Diaz, and uh, the entire defense coaching staff, Coach Shue, has uh has gave me. I'm apply those traits, and um, I should come out, you know, pretty good, man. So uh, with the great teammate that I have, uh, it should be pretty easy for me. I got to ask you this before we let you go. It probably this probably I could ask this question at almost at almost any position because of the great history of the University of Miami being uh, wide receiver, you quarterback, you running back, you linebacker, you. How much of the history of the University of Miami linebackers were you aware of when you were being recruited by the University of Miami? Man, uh, I've been aware of the University of Miami linebackers and they did the the entire history of the um, entire program, man. Uh, as as you go back to the thirty for thirty for thirty clip on the U, man. Uh, I've I've been you know well uh, well known. It's, it's been well known, you know, uh, that the U is the U. And uh, man, it's, it's, it was a huge blessing when I got the phone call that I, I received a scholarship from you, and I didn't hesitate, uh, you know, to, to jump on the plane to get down here, you know, meet everybody, and commit. And um, so it's a huge blessing, man, just to be a part, part of it. And when I get my scholarship and say that, you know, I attend the University of Miami, it's just going to be a huge, uh, you know, huge blessing, man. And I definitely appreciate it. Well, you've done a great job on this show. I enjoyed watching you play last year. Very excited to watch you play this year. And obviously there are some jobs open at that linebacker spot. And uh, I think you're going to have a good chance of getting one of those spots uh, if you continue to work as hard continue to work as hard you've been working. So thanks for being with us, and the very best of luck. Yes, sir. I really appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you so much. All right, take care. That's Corey Flagg, Jr., Hurricane uh, linebacker, second-year linebacker from Houston, Texas. And that would be, I think, very easy to see why he was recruited by Manny Diaz and very easy to see why he would be a guy that everybody could root for. Corey Flagg, Jr., joining us here on the show. Here is one thing I root for. Williamson Cadillac. Williamson Cadillac has been a part of Miami's unique community for over 52 years, and Williamson Cadillac serves this community with the same essence that represent the people who live here because Williamson is Miami. Ed Williamson, his lovely wife, Carol Williamson, they've been a big, big part of this community. They know about customer service. They know about the luxury car industry, and you can experience everything that Williamson Cadillac has to offer right now. They've got an award-winning lineup. Let's start with the unmistakable XT crossovers. The XT4, the XT5, the XT6, XT6, very popular, very smooth, very roomy. I'm driving the XT4. It is unbelievable. Next on the roster, the CT Sedan Series, dedicated to performance. And then the home run hitter, the original icon, the Cadillac Escalade, the fifth generation of the Cadillac Escalade. You can visit their state-of-the-art facility. It's easy to find, located at US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway. Or you can view their entire lineup online 
at williamsoncadillac.com. Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click williamsoncadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Hurricanes baseball team bounced back last night. 14-9 win over FAU. Jordan Lala went two for six against FAU last night. Leads the team in on-base percentage and joins us on the show right now. Jordan, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Very good. Thank you for being with us. Appreciate it. We missed having you last year. Uh, <laughs> how, how nice was it to get back in the win column last night after a tough weekend against Florida State? How important was it to play and hit the ball as well as your team did last night? Yeah, no, it was definitely important uh, coming off of a tough ser- uh, series there, getting swept by FSU at our home field. You know, it definitely hurts, but uh, we, we had to put that past us and we had a team meeting and talked about it, and, and I'm glad we got the bats rolling and, and we could put up some runs early against FAU. Yeah, let's uh, we'll roll past uh, FSU here this way. Uh, tough series, we all know that. What, what, what could the team learn from that experience? Um, well, we kind of talked about this. Every, everyone really talked about what we kind of felt the past weekend. And, you know, at the end of the meeting, uh, JD kind of talked to us and, and he said everything that we talked about was, was basically what we could control. And, and that's what we kind of got out of it. Um, talking about the team energy and, and how we were on and off the field and, and everything we talked about were all things that we can control. Now you're kind of in the thick of it, right? Now we're in the middle of the season. These games are rolling at you. Uh, the, all the games become important this week, weekend. You have Virginia coming up. Uh, so let's take a little bit, look at that series. They're struggling a little bit, but uh, playing at Virginia is not an easy task. Yeah, of course. Uh, we normally go game by game. So today we just started talking about uh, Virginia FAUs in the past now and and uh, although their record's not good, and every team it's going to be a tough game, no matter no matter what day you play them uh, in the ACC. So the uh, the hitting has been, um, I guess, a little inconsistent. What would you attribute that to? It, it, I, my own theory is, when you take a year off from baseball, it's not easy to get back into a rhythm. Do you think that has had anything to do with the lack of rhythm with the offense this year? Um, it could be, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't see a lot of pitching. You're right. But at the same time, we've been playing for a long time. And, and at some point, uh, I know early in the season, I wasn't feeling my best, but I was just waiting for something to click and, and I'm finally feeling good in the box. And, and I know everyone else has been seeing a lot of that bats and, and I think here shortly we'll be able to put it all together. 93 games, you're coming up on 100 games in your career at the University of Miami. That's a pretty good milestone, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, yeah. You're, you've got 93, so you're, you're coming up on 100. You know, um, obviously last year was a, was a washout because of, of COVID. The year before that, your team went to the uh, regionals. We went to Mississippi State. That was kind of a wild experience, wasn't it? You know, playing at Mississippi State. When you reflect on that experience of what it was like to play in the tournament and at that place, 
How much did you miss it last year? Yeah, no, it was definitely an atmosphere I've never been a part of. Um, just just playing in that stadium with that amount of fans. Uh, I just remember that when we played Mississippi State at night, uh, their leadoff batter for Mississippi State, he kind of got the crowd roaring, and, and you just heard the whole stadium like vibrate. And uh, and with the team we had last year, I believed in our team. I believe in our team this year. And and even though we're we're, we're looking uh, away from the past, uh, I think we had a pretty good chance last year to, to make a, a even farther run than we did the year before. And, you know, it hurt, but we just got to move on. You are the prototypical leadoff hitter. We'll get to the atypical leadoff hitter in a moment. But from your perspective, what are some of the most important things for you as a leadoff man? Uh, definitely my number one goal is to get on base. Uh, I know if I get on base, I got guys behind me that are going to be able to drive me in. And, and most of the time when I do get on base, I know I'm going to score. And uh, That's just my number one goal. And I, I always uh, – I don't like putting myself in two-strike counts, but uh, my main goal is just to put the bat on the ball and – and I don't, I don't like walking back to the dugout. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I look at, you know, you look at baseball today, and as I mentioned, you are the prototypical leadoff hitter, a guy that can get on base, uh, hit singles and doubles and those types of things, and draw walks. And in baseball, to a certain extent, some guys get to the majors. They're making this transition where they're putting the heavy hitters up first. Uh, are guys like you becoming, becoming dinosaurs as leadoff hitters? What are you about seeing the heavy hitters as le- as the leadoff guy? Yeah, I don't know much to say for that. I could I could hit for a little bit of power, but but that's not my goal here, and I know that's not my role. So uh, I'm just gonna stick to hitting singles and trying to drive the ball in the gap and getting on base, and and that's all I can control. Yeah, listen, there's nothing wrong in life with hitting a lot of singles in every aspect of life. If you hit a lot of singles and hit the ball up the middle, you're going to go a long way. Yeah. How, how about uh, the pitching staff? Uh, you have some young guys who can really uh, – they can bring it. They've got good stuff. Generally, they've been good. I know they had a tough time against Florida State. But when you have guys that are throwing strikes uh, like your staff is doing pretty much up and down – uh, does it make it easier for you in the outfield? Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, it makes it easier for the whole team just knowing that, that you got someone on the mound that's going to pound the zone and, and attack hitters. And and it's always good to keep the pace of the uh, game up to beat. And, and from there, it all works out. The schedule this year is unique, right? Because it's almost all... Uh, ACC games. You got a smattering of, of non-conference games uh, inside the state. Uh, but what do you think about playing the competition inside the ACC more so this year than than in the past? Yeah, I think uh, that kind of goes back to the first question you had asked me about um, our lineup being a little inconsistent as of yeah. lately. You know, the past couple of years we we didn't have that tough of a schedule. You know, we'd open up with teams out of conference and and we'd go to uh, Florida, but. Other than like our first, our first four weeks, uh, we kind of had an easy ride in the beginning of the season. I think that's why our hitters got so hot early. And uh, this year, it's a little bit tougher. We're playing more ACC teams, and like I said, I mean, every game is going to be a battle. And I think that that has a little bit to do with our inconsistency now because we haven't seen that type of pitching uh, day in and day out. 
Yeah, there, there's not a lot of time to experiment, right? You know, all, all these games are decided in, in the late innings, so probably not a lot of time to experiment against some other other yeah. squads. Not not only for mm-hmm. you know, not, for, not not only for Gino with the lineup, but for individuals, maybe yourself or, or players, if you want to work on something, and maybe in that bad in a game where the game is settled, you don't really have that opportunity, uh, at least not yet, because the, because the games are so competitive. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, on the other hand, playing inside the ACC, you're seeing great competition, right? These teams are good. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, I mean, like I said, every, every game is going to be a battle, and, and these arms that they throw at us, whether it's their Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, we're, we're going to have to compete, and we can't get flat on ourselves, and we're going to have to take it as every game's our most important game, the game that we play that day. When you got it going early last night, how much of a relief was that to see the ball coming off the bat the way it did last night early in the game? Yeah, just uh, going back to that weekend, uh, it was kind of tough on us, and I know the team was down on themselves, and I, and I know I hadn't been swinging the bat as well as I'd, I'd like to have lately, but um, I just told myself, you know, I'm going to be aggressive here early, and and I think I was uh, early in the season, I was just looking for the perfect pitch. And I told myself, I'm going to be more aggressive and just put a good swing on, on a decent pitch and, and see what happens. And, and I ended up swinging at the first pitch and hit a line drive back up the middle. And I think that really got it going for our team. And it kind of brought us a little, little more life. Um, you've had uh, also a unique experience team-wise of a lot of older guys trying to meld with some of the younger guys. And... Uh, so I would imagine that even though you guys have been together now for a while, chemistry can be a work in progress when you have as many players as you've had competing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's definitely difficult, too, because uh, we're split up in the locker room, and it's mostly veterans downstairs and all the rookies are upstairs, so we don't have as much bonding time as, as people would think. But, um, you know, we're on the field every day. We all talk. So we, I think we have some pretty good chemistry, but it's only going to keep growing. Yeah, well, I think you're a guy that brings a lot of uh, life to the squad, the leadoff guy and uh, energy and, and leadership. We appreciate you being on the show. And um, just keep getting on base. And, and uh, listen, like I said, nothing wrong with a lot of singles. Take it from a singles hitter, take it from a singles hitter in life. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. And uh, I'd like to say I'll be able to see you at the ballpark. I, I saw you guys more during football season than I see you during baseball season. It's very strange. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to come around to the baseball field. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> well, that's because I called the game out of the Hex Center. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's uh, that, yeah, that's the, way we, that's the way it is right now with COVID. At yeah. any rate, always good to talk with you and the very best of luck. Thank you. Have a good night. I right. oh, appreciate it. That's right. uh, Jordan Lala joining us on the show, and he's a lot of fun to be around. And uh, uh, I think they're going to get it rolling. Uh, I have a lot of faith and confidence uh, that this squad will get it rolling, and he's the guy, he's the catalyst at the top of the order. So when we come back, we'll talk with the skipper, Gino Damari, will join us next right here on the Hurricane Hotline. 
Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Stephen Preciado has been our producer tonight. Thank you to Stephen. Joining us on the show right now, the skipper, University of Miami head baseball coach, Gino Damari. Gino, good evening. How are you? Good, Joe. How you doing? Very good. Thank you. Let's start with the good news. You uh, Nice performance last night over FAU. Had to be nice to see the ball flying out of the ballpark and the ball popping off the bat last night. Yes, it was very nice. Um <laughs> considering what we were coming off of. Yeah, I mean, the, right out of the gate, we get a grand slam from Terrell and then put up eight runs in the second inning and got some big, you know, uh, extra base hits, home runs and doubles and whatnot. And, you know, we had some veteran guys in the lineup that uh, maybe hadn't been playing as much of recent. And um, it was good to see. I mean, that's kind of what our lineup, you know, we were hoping for going into the year. We're going to have some guys that can hit the ball for power and, you know, knocking some runs and bunches. And and it was much needed, no doubt, um, and uh, certainly a great way to uh, bounce back from a, you know, a horrible weekend. Yeah. Um, hopefully when we get to May, you know, Florida State will be way, way far in the rearview mirror. But when you did the autopsy of, of last weekend, what, what did you come away with? Oof. I don't know how long your show is here, Joe, but uh, <laughs> just to sum it up, you know, we just – I, I can't say I've ever been a part of something like that. We've been swept before, but not quite to that. I mean, to that capacity. I mean, that's just it's crazy. I, I will say, in 2001, we got beat by Cal State Fullerton, yep. and I remember leaving the game and Coach Morris, and we were all saying, "Those guys could beat the New York Yankees. They, nobody beating those guys. They just they were that good at that time. They were playing such good baseball." And uh, we had no business being on the same field with them. Well, lo and behold, we went on to win the national championship, and we didn't play Fullerton. We ended up playing Stanford in the championship. Stanford beat Fullerton right. to get to the championship, so we didn't even play him. But, you know, I think it's a combination. Florida State was playing extremely well, and we, no excuse on our end, we just didn't get it done. I think it opened up a lot of things for us that we maybe didn't realize that we uh, need to get a lot of be- a lot better at and uh, I know those are things, you know, the coaches, myself, um, had some long conversations about, and we still are having conversations about the things that we need to improve on, whether it's on the pitching side or the hitting side. But it was a complete, just um, poor performance in all phases. But the biggest of all to me, because I didn't see this coming, is, is in terms of just it was out of character for us that we, we, we really kind of just gave in. We, we, we didn't fight, especially in that last game when, when they jumped up. It was like, here we go again. That's the feeling you got, and that can't happen. just can't happen. And, uh, you know, we, we did talk to the players on Tuesday. Of course, we talked to them after the game. Monday was a day off, and Tuesday we, you know, before we got on the buses to head up to FAU, you know, felt like it was important. We, we needed to talk. We, let's not just show up at this field and play this game and not – speak to our guys after with the dust had settled and we had slept on it and time had come, uh, had, you know, crossed by there a little bit and which was good. We needed it. We had a great conversation. Players spoke, coaches spoke. Uh, I think a lot of things came very positive out of it. And, 
you know, we just we got to regroup and move forward. There's a lot of games to be played. You can't let a three-game series define your season. If you do, if we let that happen, then it's going to be a horrible year, and that can't happen. That cannot happen. This is probably more of a conversation than question, but I, I did find this interesting, and I think it was a, a, a shrewd move on your part. Maybe a, I don't know if there was anything behind it, but um, you, you did go with a little more of, as you mentioned, a little more of a veteran lineup last night. Mm-hmm. And so if there's ever a good time to prove to veterans that you're needed, this was probably probably the time. Yeah, I, I, you, you said it kind of nailed it right on the head. I mean, my th- thinking was that, Look, 2019, we had a pretty pretty good lineup, one of the better lineups, you know, in the country, especially on a power from a power standpoint. And um, six of those guys are still with us, and uh, you know, but hadn't been playing on a regular basis for different reasons. Um, but you know, I just felt like it might be a good thing to get that vibe back on the team. Another part, uh, other part of it is too that we had some conversations. Uh, prior to the, when I spoke about the team speak and I spoke to the players and the, I opened it up, really wanted to hear the players talk. And I was happy to hear that a number of the veterans did speak up. And I was, that, that also kind of solidified my mind of, I'm going to go with this, this is the lineup I want to go with. And, and um, you know, again, we need some consistency. We can't be all over the place here, but that's that, that lineup last night is a lineup that was very similar to 2019 aside from like three guys. And um, and that's kind of how we played during that year. We hit home runs. We hit extra base hits. We're going to strike. If you saw us, we struck out a lot last night. We didn't walk a lot, which we need to do a better job of walking. That's one of the things, too, we got to address. You know, we're swinging at too many bad pitches. But we struck out a lot. But we had 17 hits, and we scored a bunch of runs. And so you're going to sacrifice some strikeouts when you're hitting balls out of, you know, for extra base hits and out of the ballpark. I always say it's nice to have an older team. So uh, probably from a managerial standpoint, it was nice also to at least have some veterans to lean on and say, okay, you guys have been here, right? So from your perspective, it's probably nice to look at your lineup and say, okay, I have some veteran players I can go to, as opposed to just all young guys. Yeah, no no doubt. And again, you put a value on, you know, they've been there. They, they have been there. They've been they've been through it. You know, some of these veteran guys have been here. This is their fourth year. Some of them three years, but some of them four years. So three of the guys that we're, we're talking about, Terrell, who had good nights last night, Gabe Rivera and um, uh, Ray Gill, those are four-year guys. You know, they got their year back, their junior year back, but they're four-year guys. And so those guys we need to get going. And, uh, of course, Lala and Villar and Del Castillo, Adrian, that is, they – They've been our one, two, four hitters for three years now. They're three-year guys. They've been our one, two, four hitters basically from day one. And um, Terrell and Gill and, and Gabe have hit more right after those guys. And that's kind of, you know, the lineup that we were thinking about going into the year. But it hasn't all worked that way. But, again, we have some very talented young guys. And so the competition has made it. Uh, certainly a little bit more difficult. Um, but bottom line is, you know, you're going to have competition. These guys got to understand they're going to have to play with competition. If they want to play at the next level, it's only going to get more competitive. You're going to be battling a lot more players. But I felt like this was a good time for it, to, again, to get that, that comfort that this is what we were at one time and we got to get back to it because we kind of maybe lost a little bit of identity there. Even though, look, we were playing well up to the three games yeah. against Florida State. But, Again, those games, 
they did bring out some things that uh, maybe needed to be brought out that we didn't know, and it's better now to learn them than later on. Lala was just on the show. He did a very good job, by the way, in the show. And I've always thought he's a you know he's a real spark plug. So uh, ho- yeah. hopefully that continues as a catalyst. I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> he, he he was bragging in the dugout today to everybody about how he's going to be on the show today with you and I. So well, you're not with me. You're with Joe. But um, he is. I mean, the, the leadoff guy is. Uh, you know, it's, that's the tone setter. That's the guy. He, he does a great job of getting on base, and he's leading us in scoring runs and on base percentage, and that's his job. And like to see him cut down in the strikeouts a little bit, but he does walk a lot, and he, he's a guy that he, he knows how to wear pitches, and so he gets on base a lot. And uh, but he is, you know, that leadoff guy. Uh, obviously, you know, I uh, I lean towards those guys because that's all I ever did in my career. And I always felt like that, that that's such an important role. I took it as an important role, and he does too, is, you know, get on base. If I get on base, the mentality is, as the leadoff guy, we're going to score every inning. And that's the mentality he has to have, and he does a very good job of it. You know, along those lines, and, and actually he and I talked about it just a little bit, but uh, you do see in baseball today where they made the change. Some some people go with you know, the home run hitters. Uh, at the top yeah. of the lineup. Do you think you'll see that in college baseball? Have you given any thought to that? No, I haven't. I'm still a big believer in that guy getting on base so that you can have your home run guys knock them in. I mean, that's their job. But, right. look, it's leading off the game. You know, they're, after that, it could change. You know, Lala can come up and be the rest of the game for you, a guy that needs to knock in uh, runs. So you have to be that mentality has to be different when you're coming up, say, with the bases loaded, as opposed to you're leading off and, you know, nobody's on base. Your job then is to take pitches, you know, take the count deep, uh, make the pitcher work and find a way to get on base. And if walk is the way to get on base, then you walk and you come up as a leadoff guy and you got second and third or bases low, whatever. And it's two outs. You're in a different mindset. It's a totally different mindset. And you are trying to be aggressive and um, and so that's you know you're not taking as many pitches maybe and you're you're, you're looking to swing the bat, so it, it just depends. But I I do agree. I there there are some baseballs changed so much anyways. Yeah. I mean the home run ball. I mean it's changed the game over the last twenty years where it wasn't in, as much as it is now in play. But um, you know I I, it, I guess you you got to go with what you have on your team, Joseph. For me, we have the type of hitters like Alala that's where he fits for our team right. and for our lineup, and that's where we're going to hit him. So, Yeah, that's a very good explanation. Um, uh, Wicho Hernandez and I, I guess we were playing general manager the other day because, well, you know, the game got out of hand. I'm looking at – and we're looking at Palmquist, and have you given any thought yeah. – I mean, he's been great. So that, that leads yeah. to the next question of, do, do, you know, Florida State Starting. Series, right? You don't, yeah, well, because you couldn't use him against Florida State. So do you think yeah. about that, or, or has that been a, a Sure, a we, talk, we think about all of those things. We talk about it. But, look, he, he's been – in the role that we've had him in as a closer, we, we've always felt at Miami the closer might be the most valuable player on our team. That's hitter and pitcher. And, I mean, that's – we've had some – you know, Friday night guy is huge. There are you know, all those – every starter is important. Everybody's important. The role of the middle guy is the setup guy. Your leadoff guy we're talking about, our third or our fourth hole. But the closer, if you go back to the years we've won it, that, I mean, he's the guy that's got the ball in his hand when the game's on the line. It matters the most. 
And Carson has come in twice against Florida, and we won those games with him Saturday, Sunday, pitching late in the game. I believe I'm right in saying, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but twice against NC State where he came in and finished the game in close games. And and Wake Forest, we brought him in earlier than normal because we felt like there was a chance we weren't going to play on Sunday. We had a chance to win the series on Saturday, and we brought him in in the seventh inning with two outs. So, I mean, those are five W's of our wins, and I'm sure I'm leaving out a few, but those are his saves I know that he has that are very, very important. It's easy to say, well, geez, you just went a whole weekend and you didn't have any – you didn't have a role to bring him in. I'm hoping to God we don't have many weekends like that. (laughs) If we do, I don't know if I'll be coaching very long, so we don't have to worry about it. (laughs) I think you got a long, long career in front of you. Uh, This weekend you had Virginia. Uh, It it might give you a heart attack, but you got a long career in front of you. Um, You're right. you got to go to Virginia. They've struggled. They've struggled a little bit, but that's not an easy place yeah. to play. I would imagine they've struggled. But like I told the players today before practice, so did Florida State. Don't forget, Florida yeah. State got swept at home against Pittsburgh. They were not playing very well, uh, but they made some adjustments and they got it going. They got it turned around. And again, it goes back to the the Cal State Fullerton story I told you about in two thousand one. Yeah. I mean, right. Miami had never been swept in their history. Joe, history. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember that weekend Miami well. They've been playing for yeah. 50 years. They've never yeah. been swept at home in their history. Can you imagine being the first team swept in Miami at home yeah. in its history? And that team was able to mentally regroup, you know, and, and dust themselves off, get back up, and won a national championship. Wait, so like four teams for- that have done it in the history. And you forget about, forget about this part. After that, I, I don't know what the number is. I don't remember now. It's one of the few numbers I don't remember. I, I think you might have lost one other game. One like 18 in we a row, 19 in a row. We lost three the rest of the three. season. We yeah, lost yeah. three the rest of the season and didn't lose one in the playoffs. So, right. again, you, you know, I'm not trying to compare teams or whatnot, but, I again, getting back to the question, you're bringing up Virginia and then they're, they're, they're not playing when they're struggling. But you can't look at it like that. We have to look at ourselves and make sure, guys, we, we learn our, from what mistakes we made. We've got to learn to do things better in a lot of different areas. Um, and so Virginia, uh, obviously coming into the season, they were highly touted. And um, they've struggled in the conference. There's there's no doubt. They've struggled. But they, they have – some games have been close. Um the conference, Joe, our conference is extremely difficult this year. It's deeper than I think any conference in the country. That's including the SEC. It's deeper than them. Uh, the, the teams that have been more at the bottom of our conference, they're ranked teams now. Those teams are ranked in the top 25 in the country. So it's, um, you know, Virginia can pitch. They always can. They play deep, very good defense. They're very well coached usually one of the better coach teams in the, in the country that we play. Uh, they're struggling. Their struggles right now looks to be a little bit offensive. But, you know, again, so was FSU. So was FSU. FSU was not hitting very high for average on their team coming into our series. But they made some adjustments the two weeks prior, or the week prior, I should say, when they went to Virginia Tech. And, of course, then they beat Florida. And um, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job of making adjustments. Our to do the same. Well, 
I think, uh, you know, I'm always an optimist. I think uh, good times are coming up in front of you, and uh, I think you're going to have a very long and prosperous managerial managerial career. As I said, you might get agita, but I think you're going to be fine in that department. And uh, th- thank you for being with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it, too. Take care. All right. Best of luck. Okay, that's uh, Gina Damari, University of Miami uh, skipper, uh, Hurricanes baseball team on the road this weekend, and will continue on the road against FIU next week. Thanks to uh, Stephen Preciado as our producer. Thank you for joining us, and have a great night, everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.